G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Well, I always love a Friday because one of the special things we do on a Friday is we talk about those issues uh, that oftentimes tricky, sometimes ticklish, oftentimes controversial. And one of those to get our teeth into today with Christian cultural commentator Bill Muhlenberg, who this week has written an article which could be quite confronting for some Christians. It's called Holy Spirit Only Christians. So what might that mean? Let's welcome Bill Muhlenberg back to 2020. Hello, Bill. Hello, great to be back. Bill, oftentimes great and refreshing reading your articles because there's so many different dimensions that you can bring to our Christian walk. This one's a critique, though, of a certain type of Christian who is called a Holy Spirit-only Christian, someone who doesn't really feel the need for having a deeper understanding of Scripture, but goes by the power of the Holy Spirit only. Give us some insights into your motivation for writing an article like this one. Yes, well, there's certainly nothing wrong with uh, an emphasis on the Holy Spirit and the need for Him and the promises we have that He will guide us into all truth. John uh, several times mentions that with the words of Jesus and so on, so all good. However, anybody who's been around for a while, you'll often get Christians like this. Uh, for example, I might say on the social media, recommend a new Christian book I'm reading, which I think is really great and really helpful, and or mention a bunch of books, put out a bibliography perhaps on some Christian topic. And invariably, I'll get a few Christians saying something like, oh, well, I don't read mere human books. You know, I just read the Bible. That's all I need. I don't need human learning and wisdom or something to that effect. They'll say, the Holy Spirit guides me in all truth, so I don't listen to what mere men say. Um, It sounds spiritual. It sounds, oh, this guy's really spiritual. But actually, if you read all of the New Testament, you'll see it's actually a fairly arrogant and a fairly fleshly thing to say. Uh, You know, the simple truth is God has given to the body all kinds of different members with different gifts, including that of teachers. Uh, If we have this direct pipeline to God where we don't need anyone else, well, then, A, it was a real waste of time to give the gift of teaching and teachers to the body, but, B, it really is a, it's a kind of lone wolf Christianity. I can get by just fine, thanks. I don't need anybody else in the body of Christ. The very opposite of what Paul said in, you know, places like First Corinthians, where we need each other and so on. Bill, is there a place here for discussing the idea of prioritizing what you might see as the greatest teaching tools, where you might think of the Bible as the top priority, and yet other things like biographies and books on theology and all sorts of other things might have their own place in a priority list? Yeah, well, that's right. I 
spoke, well, I wrote several articles on this, uh, and I spoke about, as always, uh, trying to get the biblical balance. As always, we can go off on one unhelpful and, if you're not careful, heretical extreme on either end. Here we can write, uh, do the same, have such a extreme emphasis on others and what they say and worry about human teachers that we get our eyes off God and the Bible and trusting the Spirit, but the other end of that extreme is to say, I have no need of other Christians. So uh, the simple truth is we need both. We have to have the Holy Spirit. He does illuminate our minds as we read His Word, and He gives us discernment as we hear other Christians. But I always tell these uh, skeptical and maybe Spirit-only Christians, uh, do you go to church? Do you listen to a sermon on Sunday? If you do, why is that any different or much better than reading a book? You know, if a godly man preaches a sermon on the Sunday expounding the Word of God uh, orally, how is that any different if the same godly man expounds the Word of God in uh, written form? Maybe he has written sermons or a commentary or a good book on theology. Uh, God uses godly men to teach us, and he can do it in different forms. It's not just hearing somebody on a Sunday morning, but we can read other godly men and women as well. And as you say, there's a lot of good supplements, books on church history, biography, theology, that all can assist us as we grow in our knowledge of the Lord. Sure, the Bible and the Holy Spirit are primary but God does work through other people, and to deny those other people is really to uh, slap God in the face and say, I don't have any need of your body. Is there a sense here in which uh, we're all doing life together, doing this spiritual journey together, and therefore uh, this interaction not only with one another, but on those who have the intellectual capacity to explore ideas and dimensions and yet at the same time being able to keep these things in context and knowing what is real and right because as you say Bill and uh, no doubt so many listeners will have known someone who's a little bit like that Uh, they have their own pet idea about what the Bible teaches and therefore don't want to hear what anybody else has to say and therefore it comes through as being a little bit arrogant I guess it's something you have to guard yourself against yeah well we all can become proud in a whole lot of areas. Some people are very proud in all their theological knowledge. They have a great theological library. They're very proud of how well-read they are, and yet they may have a life that's not very fruitful, not very godly. And, you know, we all know of uh, people who got a lot of head knowledge, but no heart uh, reality, no spiritual life to them. But the other kind of pride is to say, I don't need anybody. I don't need to read books. I don't need your learning. I don't need to study. I don't need to go to school. Uh, God teaches me everything directly, so away with all of you. Well, hate to say it, both are forms of pride. Both are uh, carnal, fleshly attitudes that need to be repented of. God has put us in a body. We need each other. He makes that quite clear, the Apostle Paul. And if we claim we can get by just ourselves alone without anybody else, whether they be teachers or pastors or 
uh, those who might disciple and mentor us, um, that's really arrogance and it needs to be repented of. And yet we have these scriptures, as you say, the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Uh, but you're writing in your article, this is true, but the normal means is by the use of others, like pastors and teachers and other people who are part of the body of Christ. Uh, all of this, uh, all interwoven, uh, all brought together in the one mix yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, three verses, uh, like I say, two in John, chapter 14, chapter 16. There, the disciples are worried. Jesus is going to go away. They're, they're wondering what's going to happen. And he says, hey, I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. Another one like me, the Holy Spirit, will come and will guide you into all truth. So that was a bit different. Uh, but John, in First John, chapter 2, talks uh, about this idea of the Spirit uh, teaching you, so you have no need of other teachers. Uh, as I said in my article about that, well, first of all, what is John doing? He's being a teacher. <laughs> His whole epistles are about teaching, so he's certainly not saying you don't need any teachers, otherwise he wouldn't even have written his epistles, uh, which are part of Holy Scripture. Uh, what John was dealing with were some secessionist uh, false teachers who were trying to lead the people astray. So what John is effectively saying is you don't have need of those kind of teachers. What you have received from the Lord and from me and from others, that is your foundation. Don't run with these false teachers. But he's certainly not saying uh, God does not give us teachers. There is no gift of teaching. Uh, the entire New Testament is all about that. I guess there's a whole big dimension we can go into, into how we hear from God, because this is one of those issues, isn't it? And uh, some people will be very confident uh, that they're hearing the voice of God in the way that they do. There is this other dimension here that I think we're talking about here, that hearing from God may actually give you a certain level of pride if you're not open to the counsel of others uh, in your maturing process. Uh, so I, I imagine this uh, this difference between confidence and pride, uh, they, it could be very, very similar. You could very easily, mm. because we want to be confident, don't we? But we don't want to sure. be proud. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As they say, another big issue. Uh, I certainly believe the Holy Spirit can guide us, lead us personally, maybe even speak to us, depending on how you uh, define that. So we're certainly not saying that doesn't happen, but as we also said, God generally works through the body. He gives us teachers. He gives us pastors. Uh, Proverbs is full of this. In the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So obviously, if you're praying about, you know, should I take this woman as my wife or should I get this job? Sure, you get with God, you ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, you read the Word. But any mature and godly Christian will also seek counsel with uh, godly friends, godly mentors. He will not say, I don't need you, I can get this on my own. So, yeah, uh, as always, the biblical balance is needed. Well, Bill, always so good getting your insights into these things because what you're sharing with us today is like a remedy for not becoming almost cult-like because you talk about some of those things that are common with cults and this arrogance around a particular truth is a part of what you're sharing in your article and appreciate that so much today because just before we close off, we do have to be cautious about these things and think these things through quite deeply. 
Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, the cults do operate this way. They will tell you, you don't need other teachers. You don't need other Christians. You don't need other churches. Uh, that's how you get into deception and trouble. So, as always, we need the Lord to guide us, but we need the help of his people as well. Well, let me point people to your latest articles, and you mentioned that there's a number that are around this topic, the one we've been talking about today, Holy Spirit-only Christians. But there's another one where you talk about difficult Bible passages, 1 John 2, verse 27, and that's one about uh, the Holy Spirit, and uh, you only need the Holy Spirit to be your teacher and to lead you into truth. Let me point people to BillMuhlenberg.com. Or you can simply Google Culture Watch, single word, uh, when you're online. Uh, Bill, great getting your insights once again. Thanks for being with us again on 2020. Always a pleasure. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand. Or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.